0: tools day just began fall 2015 we were just recording banter now people are listening this week we're talking writing and reaching out to folks and putting a clear Tools Day is here, your favorite weirdos, who love their tech tools, let's get the show started, let's get the show started.
1: Well, I'm thoroughly creeped out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Welcome to Tools Day, a podcast about tech tools, tips and tricks on Tuesdays at 2. I'm your co-host, Yuna. And I'm Chris. And today we're talking about writing, writing and writing tools. Um, but before we get started, we just want to make two really quick shout outs to our Patreons, our patrons. Um, if you want to support us, you can go to patreon.com slash toolsday and honestly, Just $1 a month makes a massive difference. We really, really appreciate your support. Um, But specifically, we want to shout out to Shade and Webflow. We'll have more words on those later. Next week, we'll have a little bit more about what Shade is. It's an accessibility tool. Um, Yeah, so we'll talk about that. But we still want to shout them out this week to just say thank you and to let you know that you too can be a part of the show and supporting the show. So thank you all. You're awesome. Yeah, and without further ado, let's talk about writing. So first, I think that we should maybe talk about our backgrounds a little bit and why (laughs) we picked this show to uh, share with all of you. It's kind of a weird topic for a tech podcast, but I think it's really relevant. Um, Yeah. So Chris, tell us about your background.
1: Yeah. So I'm actually a political science major originally. So way back when, before I decided that there are no jobs in uh, poli sci, I thought that it would be a great major. So I'm a liberal arts major. I spent most of my college... Degree, just writing papers, and I thought that would be my life, really. Um, and um, now, welcome to the
0: brighter <laughs> side, I guess. <laughs> right,
1: I think, yeah, you know. Now you're just writing code all yeah, day. right? Are um, you
0: writing papers in different languages? Yeah,
1: there you go. Um, and um, recently, Carbon, uh, my team has been thinking about spinning up a publication on Medium and writing a whole bunch of stuff about the challenges we faced and things we solved, and so suddenly you know, writing became useful again because we wanted to share what we've learned. And so, um, yeah, that's kind of the context for writing, for, for me at least, um, is that you know, if you want to sh- share and expand your knowledge to anybody else, um, generally it's done through writing.
0: Yeah, um, so that's kind of the general advice that I give anybody who tells me, Yuna, I really want to start speaking at conferences. Um, I say, well, start writing. Absolutely start writing, start experimenting, start getting your voice out there. Writing is a great way for a developer to really think about what they're doing to kind of find holes in their knowledge and to also share what they're learning and what they're working on. Um, I started writing super early on when I was in college and still learning a lot of stuff. I think uh, sophomore year of college, I started my blog, which I have kept to up to today and now I'm writing a book about my experiences and I've written like 330 pages so far um That's a lot of massive. pages. wow are <laughs> yeah. you What
1: what is the expected page count of this or your book at the end I
0: wanted it to be 300 but it's a book about front-end development and it's not like kind of its entirety talking about all the different things that you can do all the fields that you can go into to specialize in and also I talk about um soft skills and um sort of foundational skills like community and mentorship and how to learn and those sorts of things along with like JavaScript, HTML, CSS, SEO, uh, performance, internationalization, like it's just massive. So it's going to hopefully get (laughs) edited down a bit more before it's released. But um, yeah, watch out for the pre-release maybe coming up in the next few months, um, releasing the Smashing Magazine. But I've been doing a ton of writing there and I also started writing for my blog, which is how I started getting noticed by the developer community. And that's kind of how I ended up um, in the place that I am today where I do a lot of Speaking at conferences and you know starting to share my voice in other ways like this podcast. Um, writing is like the cornerstone of that.
1: Yeah, and so uh, I thought it'd be a great idea just kind of talk about you know for some people develop for uh, for some developers it's hard to transition from writing code to you know formulating a blog post or a um uh, you know or a series of posts. And so you know um, I'll open this with a question to you. Um, a question I see sometimes is, how do I know what to write about? Or how do I find a topic to write about? Because, you know, sometimes you do a whole bunch of stuff and you want to talk about it, but you don't know where to start. So, and you, you know, you've, you've been a blog for a long time. So where do you start when looking for a topic?
0: I think a great time to write about something is right after you've learned it. Um, so, A lot of people will say, oh, but it's already been written about. That doesn't matter. You have a fresh perspective and you are going to write about it in a way that relates to people who are at the same level as you and learning at the same pace as you. Then somebody who like wrote this library and is writing like a 101, they're not going to have the same understanding. Um, They're going to skip things. They're going to go into depth about things that other people like might actually not need at the point in time. So um, I think that just write about what you're learning instantly and... um, you know, what you're experimenting with. I will give an example. Back when I was interning at one of my first internships, I was playing with the Craft CMS, and um, I wrote a blog post about getting started with Craft for the Mac computer because it was pretty new. The CMS had just come out, and um, it was, like, so early days that I was able to, like, talk to the developers of it. But I wrote it just so that I remembered how to do it again. Like, literally, these were my notes that I published (laughs) Um and I re- I wrote this for myself and it ended up being one of my most popular posts for a while. It still is today. It's now linked on like crafts documentation because I wrote it from this perspective of like a 20-year-old girl who was trying to figure out this CMS and make it work on this computer without any documentation really out there that was super helpful. So I just kind of threw in like, you know, my own personal experience and my stories with it and it ended up being helpful for people. So that was pretty cool.
1: Yeah, I think oftentimes there's a worry that if you're not, if you don't know enough, you don't want to make a fool of yourself on the internet, right? Um, you're worried about like public reaction or public scorn and um, I think an important thing is to try to overcome that fear, right? Because um, everyone's a beginner in some way and uh, oftentimes you learn things about whatever you're writing about as you write it. Uh, and so, you know, I just recently wrote this blog post just um, to document some of the stuff I do on Windows now because I'm a, I've am been recently delving on Windows uh, as opposed to my Mac stuff. And, you know, I wanted to document some stuff I was doing. And I um, was writing it and then I realized that the specific part that I really cared about as I was writing this post was, you know, these shortcuts. And I just figured out how to use auto hotkey uh, which is this great script, scripting tool on Windows? It's kind of like um,
0: we should talk about that in another show. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. we did a Windows show, but there's always more. Yeah, it
1: was before I actually had done more Windows stuff. I guess I kind of stretched the edges back then, and um, you know, I kind of, so I you know I was writing the blog post, and then I realized I was really interested in this other thing I was writing about, and so I just dove deeper and deeper into that, and so I found that you know as you just start writing, oftentimes you get more ideas, which is kind of cool too
0: yeah and as you're writing you you know you have to organize your thoughts in a certain way that makes sense, so you get practice with that. uh, you usually make better demos when you're writing because you could see it in a sequential way, so they kind of make more sense for people and also you have demos like it's another excuse to experiment, and like for me, I kind of like writing and talking because it's an excuse for me to illustrate. <laughs> I never get to do art anymore, so that's kind of my little tidbit of art uh, <laughs> that I get to throw in there. So you can really mix it with a bunch of your other interests.
1: Yeah. Okay. So let's, let's hop to tools. I think we've talked about some of writing tools way back when, but we can kind of rehash how it is today in 2017. So what do you use to write given that you're writing a book, which is kind of a mammoth type thing?
0: It is big. Um, so I ha- kind of have new tools now that I've been using Um, And they are also the tools that I use to write code, because that's kind of my place and what I'm comfortable with. So my whole book is written in Markdown, and I'm using Gitbook as sort of like a platform to edit from. It's a private Gitbook, so y'all can't read it yet, sorry. Um, But it is gitbook.com. It allows for you to write and then have people comment on the sidebars different paragraphs so you can have conversations going on in there. And it also versions through Git. So you can use a private Git repository, a GitHub repository, or um, a public one if you want to make the book public. A lot of people do publish through Gitbook. Um, so it all kind of goes on there. And then locally what I'm writing in is VS Code. We talked about Visual Studio Code. It's our favorite text editor. Um, <laughs> and, and it should be
1: yours, too, because it's wonderful. And if you
0: listen to the show, you've probably
1: <laughs>
0: used it. And if you haven't, you go go ahead and download. Pause the show. You know, no, we really like code. Um, so... What I really like about the newer features of code are custom workspaces. And specifically for writing, custom workspaces allow me to create a theme that is easier for me to write in. Um, when I'm usually coding, I have like a dark theme and smaller text and smaller line height per, you know, per line of code. But when I'm writing, um, if I open the project folder that my book is in, it automatically uses the custom workspace theme that I've set for the book, and that's my writing theme, and it's a light theme. Uh, it uses a theme similar to IA Writer, which is another Ooh, yeah. tool that we can talk about in a second. Um, and it allows for a lot of little niceties. So, like, the markdown is a lot more legible. Um, I mean, usually, I usually use it for markdown, so I can really customize how I want that to look. You can change the sidebar theme. Um, and having that custom workspace really allows me to change my sort of mindset. Mm-hmm. And um, that helps a lot with writing, too. So. I forgot what the name of the theme is, but I'll look it up and I'll put it in the show notes. My theme for writing, and then my theme for normal coding. Um, but I do it all in the program that I'm used to because I know all the shortcuts. Right. Like I know the short keys, you know. And uh, it's a technical book, so I'm still writing code in there, uh, which is it's nice to have. Yeah,
1: um, I kind of uh, have two things. So one is the same. I, I use VS Code for kind of blog post type things. Um, I also use this cool this tool called Scrivener. Um, this is coming say, say from Scrivener, uh, like s- Scribe, but a V in there, and then
0: oh, E-N-E-R.
1: Okay. Um, and this is comes from my background in, I did a lot of creative nonfiction um, when in college, and I used to do this thing called um, NaNoWriMo, Na- Na- which is called National Novel Writers Month, uh, so no- Chris
0: sent me, <laughs> <laughs> like yesterday, a Harry Potter Star Wars, Star Wars fan, fan fiction. fiction. It's, it's
1: wonderful. Uh, don't like really it. Like a, me- a It's, it's, it's terrible. Um, but uh, <laughs> but um, I used to do a lot of story writing. Um, and, and this thing, so NaNoWriMo is this thing in, in November where you're supposed to write a 50K novel in a month. And I used to do that for years and years and years. And Scrivener is this tool that kind of combines a whole bunch of different things for writing to one thing, and so um, it has an outlining tool. It has a full-screen editing uh, space. It has a a script writing section. Um, It has like a snapshot kind of version control for your document. Um, Wow, this is really—it's a really complete. It's a really complete feature. Yeah, it's a really complete tool. And you know, when you're kind of writing these longer story-type things, this is this is more of this is maybe. Overkill for a lot of people writing blog posts, but I got really used to this tool, and so I still use it today. Uh, is there collaboration modes? Uh, I have never used it. I'm not sure if there is or not. Because
0: that's a hard thing to find. It really is when you're yeah writing a book, you something know, something bigger. When we go
1: collaboration stuff, um, our team just use Google Docs. You know, <laughs> we, we, we kind of yeah Google, of Google Docs, Docs is Docs great. Say hey, that. everyone, just drop your comments in. Um, There's also Dropbox Paper. Right, yes. Paper is actually really, really cool. Have you even, Have haven't seen Paper? Um, they, I have,
0: and I've, I tried to use it. I didn't love it, but it does have a really beautiful UI.
1: Really beautiful UI. That's kind of what s- sold me on Paper. I haven't used it for anything massive. I kind of just tooled around with it. and um, But I, I really love how they've integrated a whole bunch of different like functionality and for collaboration into Paper. Um, I wouldn't use it for generic writing, per se. Um, but if you're trying to organize things, I think a paper is a good tool. But anyway, so Scrivener yeah. is kind of my long form writing tool. So if you're trying to you know, write something longer, um, possibly a book, if you're not using VS Code, um, you can check it out and, and see um, that tool. It's really cool.
0: Um, IA Writer is also another really good tool that I want to mention in here. So IA Writer is only for the Mac But it is a beautiful writing space, and you can see your markdown next to your um, sort of compiled product on the right-hand side. This is something that you have in VS Code and Atom, just sort of like the markdown previews, which, you know, I toggle on and off because it can get annoying if I'm like doing edits. But um, both of those tools allow for that. And I used to use IA Writer before the custom workspaces in VS Code, but since I am allowed to now use those customer spaces. I find that um, I just, you know, stay in one product. It's happening, people. I'm staying
1: in the same product. You know, it's just kind of counter counterintuitive to the show name, but like as I start, you know, do more and more stuff. I, I found that the amount of tools I use has been going lower and lower. Yeah,
0: we discussed this when we were planning the show. We were just like, man, we've been using the same tools now for the past few months. We should break out of that though.
1: <laughs> Yeah, we need to find some new things to get excited about. Um, yeah. But yeah, iWriter is super cool. Uh, any of the applications that give you this kind of full screen workspace um, is super cool just because I found that, you know, if when you're able to like get rid of all the distractions, there's no Facebook, no Twitter, no you know, nothing kind of to alt tab to. Um, it really does help your writing speed at least.
0: Oh, yes. So I use, um, oh, what is it called? This app that, like, kills the other, uh, like, Twitter and Facebook.
1: No, no, no. Self-control.
0: It's called self-control. That is a great writing tool because I am just so ADD that it's really hard for me to sit down and knock out writing when I'm getting notifications. So I just, like, turn off the ability to go on Facebook and Twitter, and that really, really helps.
1: Um, One other thing I've found really helpful for writing um, is that oftentimes I have a hard time starting to write right so i i you know i have a topic maybe and i'm like okay i just need to start putting words down and i have a hard time doing that so what i found is that i actually will start a timer um um on my phone or something like that, and i have like 10 minutes and write as much as i can um i try to hit a word count of like a thousand or something like that which I, ne- which I never hit um or but i'll hit a couple hundred words um and oftentimes it's garbage and i have to erase a lot of it but it does get me kick-started and I've found it's easier to get that kickstart going and then go back and refine um, and improve and maybe, maybe start over again. But now I have some content to start from. Um, so that's kind of a kickstart tip and trick I have for writing itself.
0: That's a really good tip. Um, when I first started writing this book, which was almost a year ago at this point, I would wake up every morning and write 400 words. And they could be bad. Like they could be like. I'm trying not to curse here, but poop. They could be poop words.
1: Wow. <laughs> Amazing.
0: We don't want to put the rating on the show. That's too much work. Yeah.
1: This is a clean show. Um,
0: not They could be just like, you know, throwaway. But it was still something that got me in this mindset of writing. And it helped so much. I used to track my writing progress with uh, this Google Doc that I converted into like a linear... Um, if I write X amount of words per day, I'm on track for my, nov- my, my book, not <laughs> my novel, on novel. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then I would track how many words I actually wrote. And that really helped just like putting me in the mindset of writing. Um, it's hard to keep up, though, I will say. But it is really good practice. Yeah. Uh,
1: another tip I have, we have, I have a writing release, is that, um, you know, I come from a kind of a classical writing background where you have to write a thesis and an the outline for every paper. Um, But we we found that, you know, even for blog posts, writing a thesis statement, I know that sounds super formal, but can... Call to action. Come again?
0: It's like your call to action. Yeah, it's
1: your CTA for your blog post. And if you write that uh, prior to writing the rest of the blog post, um, you have like a a, a reason to write the post. You've you've kind of pinpointed what you're kind of convince or teach someone. And so, you know, sometimes without that kind of thesis statement in the beginning, you may meander across the blog post and re- reread your, your blog post and realize that you haven't written much of anything really, per se. Um, and so um, having that initial thesis can help you keep on stay on track for what you're writing.
0: That's a good tip. Um, so a tip that I want to give is really brevity. Like the shorter, the better, especially with technical blog posts. Keep your demos short and to the point. Keep your blog short and to the point. Break it up if it's too complex. I think CSS Tricks is a really good example of this uh, because Chris just writes these really small bits of information in every blog post, unless it's like a more featureful full article, is a single point, like a single thing that you can tweet and share. Um, and, you know, this is something that I should work on myself because... <laughs> Like, I like to write blogs that have more content when people share them out, but I think that he is very right. Um, I was chatting with him one time and... I was talking about like how I use emoji for grid and he was like, Oh, where can I find that? And I, I was like, Oh, I wrote a blog post. It was one of my three points about why I liked grid, but he was saying, why isn't that its own blog post that I could just link to and share out. And I was just like, Oh, you're right. <laughs> why? Um, so I'm always learning, but I think that brevity is something that we should all strive for when we are, you know, writing anything.
1: Yeah. I, I think that like the, I, I saw some static, like the average attention span of a, of a, reader is so small, it's like five minutes maximum, right? And so you only have that five minutes to to tell someone a story or teach them something. And so, um, yeah, it's just super important that you keep things brief. Uh, journalists, uh, Brian Hahn, who was on my team, was a journalist major. And um, they have this thing called the, the upside down triangle, right? So if you think about it, upside down triangle, they said all the major content should happen in the top, you know, the first couple paragraphs of your of your post or, or article. And then at the very bottom, should be things that maybe you don't care about so much because, you know, um, it's just kind of additional things. But if you manage to fit the bulk of your content in the top, you know, top half, and then everything else is kind of extra stuff, you're able to kind of communicate a little bit better as you write your posts or write your articles.
0: Nice. Um, That's a good tip. Uh, Also kind of along the point that, you know, humans don't have a big attention span, Um, I think sort of you should always be considering that when you're writing. But uh, a big part to kind of help people along and, you know, look at your post is having your content broken up into individual small chunks that you're using typography to break up or imagery. Illustration is really great because people are mostly going to open up your blog post, skim through it, look at examples, and then read. Like... Me personally, when I open a blog post, I will probably skim it first before I decide to take the time to read it. So make sure that your content is broken up. Nobody wants to read a massive block of text. um, And I think this is specifically relevant for people who are writing documentation or like readmes on GitHub. Like think about your user, just, you know, have examples, have things that like break up content, have illustration, diagrams are great. Um, If you can try to include some of these other Visual or auditory, other kind of stimuli for your readers.
1: I've seen some of these readmes on some projects. They're just so massive. I'm just like, I'm never going to contribute to this project. I can't even like, <laughs> I can't even read the readme. I don't, I don't know how to even use this thing. Um, yeah, and so I think it's just such a good point. Like, you know, if, if your thing is not digestible or skimmable, it's its likelihood of actually being consumed drops drastically.
0: Yeah, especially in the dev community. Yeah. Like maybe if you're writing like a white paper, there are different <laughs> expectations. Right. But we're just talking about like <laughs> blog posts and even like video series. Yeah. You know, when you're planning these sorts of things, think about your narrative. Think about breaking that up. Um, and then you know, break it up
1: more. <laughs> <laughs> break it up. That's why I love the egghead.io videos, right? Because they're so consumable, right? You can you, you, Yeah, you, they're like two minutes long each. Yeah, they see two to five minutes, and like that, and they're they're like bite size, snack size, whatever the analogy is nowadays. <laughs> Um, and you can you learn something with the five minutes you spend on it which is great and then you you know come back later to it later and you learn something more so um super cool i'm kind of yeah, out take of that uh, take
0: that three minutes go and then experiment uh, on your own you know
1: <laughs> all right yeah i'm out of my blog tips okay <laughs> my barrage of tips i'm done i'm out <laughs>
0: Those are mostly my tips too. I do also want to mention um, SEO, which is search engine optimization and titles. Don't try to fake this stuff. Like, don't try to add a bunch of keywords and like keyword stuff into like alt tags. Don't do that. You'll probably get penalized for it. What you should do though is make sure that your content is tagged appropriately. And make sure that your titles, you know, describe the article. Like if you're being clever with your title, have a subtitle, subtitle so that people know what great. you're talking about. Yeah, I don't know. I like am so guilty of doing this too, because I think I'm clever when I'm not. <laughs> um, but yeah, make sure that all of your images have proper descriptions or titles for your SVGs, any illustration. And make sure your work is accessible we have lots of shows about that and accessibility tools if you want to kind of do your scroll back for our show <laughs> um yeah so that's kind of just my last point there for your uh tips and tricks about writing
1: all right well uh that's all i had we're just on time we're just on time to a we're, perfect we're like 20 minutes wow
0: <laughs> yeah um Thank you so much for joining us this week, and uh, we're going to have a few shows coming up where we are going to dive into some more technical concepts with some guests, so get psyched for that. Our guests are fantastic people that I really admire, Um, so I'm excited to interview them in the next few weeks, share their knowledge with you, and yeah, keep watching. If you enjoyed the show, rate us on iTunes, on uh, the other podcasting (laughs) apps. Overcast. Um, Show us your love that way. Show us your love by sharing this through Twitter, Facebook, or show us your love on Patreon. We appreciate you so much, and uh, we'll see you next week. Bye, y'all.